absolute incredible honor to be with you all today in this gorgeous church in central Louisiana. I leaned over to Brother Murphy and I said, pardon me if in the middle of this beautiful atmosphere, this incredible liberty, worship, spirit of God, I said, pardon me if I'm sentimental for a moment. Seeing as I was raised, I would have to say less than a mile from here on Gurney Lane, from the age of 5 to 26, and to come back into the middle of this community and to step into a thriving Jesus name, Holy Ghost, church that's doing everything you can with excellence. This is awesome, and I'm having a tremendous time worshiping with you and being here. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I truly give honor to Brother and Sister Murphy and uh, their family. To be, to be with them last night today is just incredible. He, he took a risk years ago. Probably felt a little nudge from the Holy Ghost. I believe the Holy Ghost might have helped it out, but Brother Murphy mentioned to me when he was pastoring in Ohio, Brother Albritton, if you ever just feel like it's time to branch out, if you ever feel like you need help branching out to another state, he said, call me. He had been an evangelist. So I got to a point where I did, and that opened the door to just absolute tremendous friendship. I think before it was over, we preached in uh, 14 churches in the state of Ohio. He was a great representative for a young evangelist, introduced me like I was the next big thing happening in the whole world. And no, 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 just, just made you feel like a million dollars. I, I give honor to this family today. Brother Murphy, it's sincere completely when he talks about my father. But even if it wasn't, I'd just sit and listen because you're talking about my dad. But you know the way to my heart. Last night, he honored my father. Probably 10 minutes in the conversation, and I got all teary-eyed. And Besides food, that's a good way to my heart. So just great to be with us today. I look out across this congregation, see so many familiar faces. I start calling names, I'm going to get in bad trouble, but I see so many precious folks that we've known through the years, and i um, very aggravated at myself with all the technology just spaced on sending a couple pictures to the media department so you could see the best-looking kids in the world and my sweet, beautiful, awesome wife, but I have them on my iPad and my phone if you want to see us after church. Um, I'll show you all the pictures you want to see. And uh, so it's just a tremendous, tremendous honor to be with you. Turn with us in the word of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. While you're turning, I give honor to your staff. These fine young ministers on the platform, what great young men. You're some of the guys I go back a long ways with and to see you in leadership and ministry. It's just incredible. Amen. See, uh, I guess since you're all official, I have to call you Sister Casey. Amen. But to see you involved in leading us, thanks for leading us in worship, not just in music. I was able to be in God's presence today. Amen. Amen. God's going to bless today. He's going to minister in a powerful way. How many of you believe that? I believe it's a pivotal point for someone's walk with God today. And that God can meet you right where you're at. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. And then we'll turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. My wife 
family or visiting family in Dallas, but she has promised next time we come to Grace Church, she and my crew will be with us. So we look forward to that. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. the Bible says, For a just man falleth seven times. Somebody say seven times. And riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. Even a just man, it says, can fall seven times. First Kings chapter 18, verse 1 through 2. Came to pass after many days. The word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Ahab went to show him, uh, Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. And there was a sore famine in Samaria. Dropping down to verse 41, we've been in famine now for quite a while. The Lord is speaking and the Lord is moving. The prophet says to Ahab in verse 41, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, cast himself down on the earth, put his face between his knees, said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked. And said, there is nothing. Anybody ever been bringing anything to the Lord in prayer and seems like you're looking and seeing nothing? There is nothing. Look what the man of God said. Go again seven times. Came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare your chariot, get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. Came to pass in the meanwhile, the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. The prophet said, Go back or go again seven times. And on the seventh time, something began to change. I want to minister this morning on the subject, the significance of the seventh time. Somebody say that with me, the significance of the seventh time. Would you bow your heads with us? Let's pray for a moment of prayer of anointing before we go forward. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray the faith and the favor and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, your presence, your virtue in this room. So very strong as we worshiped you today. You met with us. We met with you. You're meeting with us. We're meeting with you. That interaction, that communion between heaven and earth. Lord, I pray over our next few moments together. I pray, dear Lord, from the platform to the very back row, from the right wall to the left wall, not one person is excused from an intimate experience with Jesus Christ today. Every single portion of this campus today, of this room today, Lord Jesus, to be saturated with your presence, ministered to by the power, dominion, and authority of the Holy Ghost. I pray the anointing that comes upon me is the man of God to preach. It turns us a speech into a word from the Lord for somebody. It turns a sermon into a word from heaven. Let that anointing come on us today. But Jesus, there's an anointing that I believe is just as important as the anointing that comes upon the preacher. And that is the anointing on the congregation to receive. So let the anointing come upon the congregation today to receive the word and the work of the Holy Ghost in this house. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless and you may be seated. I do want to say before I move further into the message, Brother Murphy, I appreciate what you spoke last night in our personal visit about the spirit of worship. And I just want to tell you, that's one of the most beautiful 10-minute expressions 
of giving our best to God in worship that I've heard, and I sense that in the house of the Lord today. Thank you for leading. I'm a part of the congregation today. Thank you for leading us to the throne of God and leading us to worship God with purity and with power. I thank you for that. The significance of the seventh time. Now, I chose for our text two scriptures that referenced seven times. A righteous man may fall seven times, but he's going to get back up seven times. We also referenced where Elijah was praying that God would send the rain that was promised. And he prayed and he had the servant look seven times until the miracle began to show itself. The Bible is full of the number seven. The number seven is known as God's number. And the Bible uses the number seven in so many ways, so many references. Uh, I just grabbed a few, but seven days of the week, seven days of creation, we find that early. Uh, seasons of things that happened in the Bible for seven years. And then there's stories of seven priests and seven ram's horns and seven stars in the book of Revelation and seven golden candlesticks and seven lamps and seven angels and seven trumpets and seven vials of wrath. There's a lot of sevens in the Bible. Now, before anybody get worried, I'm not, I'm not about to preach an entire message on numerology. I'll save that for someone else. I, 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 I come from a father who loved math. He referenced that in a setting last night. That did not pass on to his son. I'm looking at a couple of folks that, that was part of uh, my education, part of helping me try to learn things in this life through Christian school. They might have the memory that there may have been a couple of things I was all right at, but math really wasn't one of them. I can go ahead and tell you safely from my 11-year-old and 9-year-old, it did not jump a generation and land on them either. So I'm not going to try to spin an entire message impacting upon us the importance of the number seven. But I did have something jump out at me from the Word of God recently that I would like to share with us today. And I want to focus on the use of the phrase seven times. And I want to share what I believe, what the Lord impacted and impressed upon me is the significance of, of the seventh time. It's a process by which God showed himself strong to his people. Several times throughout the word of God, God asked folks to do something multiple times. I'm going to reference some of them in our message today, but God asked people to do things multiple times until the answer came. But when the answer came, the supernatural flowed like a mighty river. Amen. The power of God was released in such an incredible manner. And I'm interested in that. Amen. I'm interested in the supernatural flowing like a river. I'm interested in the power of God uh, moving in mighty ways and God getting all the glory. I also want to borrow a verse. We'll look at the parable in closing today, but I'd like to borrow a verse from Luke chapter 18, verse 8. Jesus has just shared a parable. We call it the parable of the unjust judge, the lady who kept going to the judge seeking a meeting. Finally, he gave in. But the Lord gives us this statement at the end of that parable in Luke 18 and verse 8. He says, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? Turn to your neighbor and say, will Jesus find faith on the earth? Turn to your other neighbor and say, will Jesus find faith in your life? 
going to explore that for a little while today. 2 Kings chapter 5. You ready to follow along through a few Bible stories? I'll do my best not to read uh, three and four chapters at a time just to hit a few high points, but I want to share a few things with us today. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. The man's name was Naaman. Bible said he was a captain, nation of Syria. He was a great man. He served his master and his king. He was honorable. So we have captain, great man, honorable. He was the captain who had led deliverance for Syria. He was a mighty man in valor. This is a pretty good list of about the great things of the man Naaman. And yet, the end of the verse shares with us that he had a situation that nothing on this earth could take care of. He had a situation in his life that nothing in the natural could fix. He was a captain. He was great. He was honorable. He served the king. He had been the one that brought deliverance. But he had leprosy. He didn't have an answer for his leprosy. And so, uh, the Bible tells us that there was a little maid. She waited on Naaman's wife in verse 2, and she heard about this leprosy, and I love her faith. She says in verse 3 to Naaman's wife, I I tell you what, I wish my prophet, I wish the man of God was here. I, I wish we could get a hold of him. He would help bring healing from this leprosy. I thank God for childlike faith. How many of you have ever seen childlike faith in action? Hallelujah. We had an elder preach in our church several years ago back in in Colorado. We've just transitioned in the last few months to ministering to the body of Christ, evangelizing again, but pastored for eight years. My oldest daughter had peanut allergy, and it was pretty severe. And even before we had left Louisiana as a child, we had driven to Opelousas to a child specialist and allergies there and, and, and tremendous doctor. But even at a very early age, do the test on her back where you do the little pricks and all of that. And, and some of you are nodding your head. You've been through some of that. And she had, she had several allergies, very strong. The peanut allergy, uh, just crazy strong. I didn't know anything about it, but restaurants will cook in peanut oil. You have to ask those questions. Kids accidentally eat a Snickers bar, and you've read the news and seen the stories and, and tough, tough stuff. And my girl had that, and I thank the Lord for childlike faith. But that elder had a little, a little bitty uh, a pale type thing up front and he at the altar service had it represent stepping into the water uh, stepping into the waters of healing and at the end of that altar service she was probably five years old my wife saw Emery climbing into that pail and she was splashing and my wife went up there to tell her you better get out of there it's not time to play this is the altar service and she said mommy I'm believing God for my peanut sickness I'm believing God to touch me Amen. Went back and had that little doll tested and not one trace of an allergy. Not one trace of an allergy. I thank God for childlike faith. And so this little doll says, I tell you what, I wish the prophet was here. And so somebody went in and talked to Naaman. Somebody talked to the king and said, look, here's what this little child says. And the king said, well, I'm going to send a letter to the king of Israel. So he writes a letter and sends it to the king of Israel. Verse 6. And he said, I'm sending Naaman, my servant, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, verse 7, when the king read the letter, He ran his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? What's his issue with me? What's his problem? He's trying to pick a fight. I I just want to tell someone uh, this morning, there are some things you don't send to the king, you send to God. There's some things you don't send the mail, amen, on this natural front, you send it to to the house of God. So the king finds out, Elijah steps up and says, look, what's going on? I'll pray. Elijah said, look, 
let, there is a prophet in Israel and there is a God that can take care of this. And in, in verse 10, we get some unique instructions. Elisha doesn't even go meet with Naaman. He just says, go wash in the Jordan. Somebody help me today. Go wash seven times. Your flesh will come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. Naaman kind of resisted. What is going on? What's being asked of me? I'm not going in that muddy river. You read through the story. He's like, he's like we have rivers nicer than that river. But the prophet said, go dip seven times. God will intervene. God will take care of the situation. Verse 14 says, he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, I I still have several stories to preach this morning. I'm going to do my best to go really fast. It's only seven more stories. Just kidding. Well, let's get a little bit of insight into why God may would ask for seven times. Because imagine with me, here's this great man, a leader, a captain. He has leprosy on his body, and at some point he yields and says, his servant said, it's really not a hard thing that's been asked. Just go go and, and, and dip in the river seven times. And so I imagine him dipping the first time. I don't know if he's like you or I, but when we pray, uh, we've had the times in our life where God's answered on the first prayer. We've had the times where the miraculous has happened on the first dip underwater. And I imagine that name went down and come back up and so ooh, I wonder if a few of those spots are gone. I, I wonder if healing has taken place yet. Oh no, the prophet said seven times. He goes down the second. He goes down the third. I don't know if he's checking each time, but God put it into the formula. God put it into the request that you're going to have to have faith when you're not seeing the results yet. You're going to have to keep on believing when you hadn't seen the response from the heavens yet. You're going to have to keep on acting when you don't see all the fruit coming back to you yet. You're going to have to keep on believing in the word that God said. Well, well, this doesn't make sense. I've been under this water five times. I don't see any healing that's taking place yet. I don't see any response that's taking place yet. I've been, I've been faithful with my finances for six months now, and it seems like it's still a struggle. I've been coming to the house of God. Can I tell somebody? Keep on coming to the house of God. Keep on doing the right thing. Keep on putting your trust in Almighty God. Keep on believing that he's able. Keep on believing. Whoa, what the spots are still there, Brother Albright. Well, I don't see the healing yet, Brother. Uh, wait, but this is time number six. I'm going to keep trusting in this process. I'm going to keep believing in my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he comes up the seventh time. They're all gone. He comes up the seventh time and healing has taken place. He comes up the seventh time and all of a sudden God has worked in a mighty way. God had it built into the formula. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing that God is going to work in your life. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up. Because the children of Israel, and I know we're in a serious moment, but I, I got to giggling a while back. I was like, see, shut up is in the Bible. I know they tell us not to say that, but it's in, it's in the Bible. Don't tell my girls, though. We don't let them say that. Jericho was shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. The Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. I've given you this great walled, protected city, Jericho. You shall compass the city, all ye men of war. Go around about the city once. 
thus shall you do for six days. And seven priests, here's some of those seven, seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. On the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Thus shall you do, he said, compass the city once for six days. But on the seventh day, I want you to circle the city. My goodness, folks. Pastor Murphy, maybe you'll understand, but sometimes when you're preaching, you feel an invisible surge of the Holy Ghost. In the middle of that sentence, I just felt the surge of the Holy Ghost. God's going to bless somebody in this room today. God's going to minister somebody in this house today. Somebody's going to get breakthrough faith and anointing for your life and your circumstances. I'm giving you this city, but it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit different game plan on this one, fellas. I'm going to ask you to march around. Get close to the opposition. Get close to the enemy, but don't attack him. I'm going to ask you just surround him with faith. I'm going to ask you to surround that enemy and that city with belief. I'm going to ask you for the next seven days to walk out your faith that I'm going to take care of that city. I'm going to take care of that king. I'm going to take care of that opposition. So day one, day two, day three, day four, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, and God does it for us sometimes, but, but I like, I like when he gives us a hint that he's working in the situation. I like when he gives us, you know, just a taste of what's coming, but I don't find in my Bible and this story, I don't find where on the fourth day the Lord let 12 bricks fall just to encourage them. I don't find where mortar was crumbling. I don't find where it says in there, ooh, it's getting kind of good. Mortar's crumbling. It's falling down. I keep on marching. Sometimes God will do that for us, but I don't see it in this story. I don't see any sign of anything on day four or day five or day six. I don't even hear of any response or any action about this great city, Jericho, falling down on lap one. There's a whole bunch of sevens. I'm not even going to try to figure out what all those sevens mean, but I just know it's the seventh day, and they're asked to march seven times. I don't find one. I don't even find a hint of a brick falling, a soldier falling off the wall dead, a mortar crumbling. I don't find anything. I just find people that's marching around. Amen. Can I preach to somebody today that is walking out your faith in the face of an enemy? Can I talk to somebody today that may be having, you may be on lap number five. You may be on day number five. You may be on trip number six on the seventh day. Can I encourage somebody? Keep on walking. Walking out your faith. Keep on believing in God. Keep on trusting in God. Keep on hoping. Keep on believing. Let me tell you something. The bricks may not have fallen yet, but my God is able. Hallelujah. 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 Let me encourage somebody today. Let me speak into somebody's spirit today. Let me tell you, and it happens to me, it happened to me this week I had to pray through. We whine quicker. We human beings like to whine. Oh, I know it's not you, it's just me, but I'll confess for me. God, I don't understand. Why you got me out here? Here I am walking on this fifth day, and it's almost like I'm being made a fool of. I don't get it. Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. I'm being faithful. I must be talking to somebody today because it just came for the second time to my spirit. Somebody's being faithful in your finance. I, I, you're paying the tithes. You're giving in your offerings. And you're wondering why it seemed like a reversal came. And the devil's saying, well, you just need to back down on some of that stuff. I know I'm not your pastor. Pastor can teach on finances. But I want to encourage somebody today. There's covenants in the word of God. Amen. From being faithful in your finances. I'm going to keep on worshiping God through my finances. I'm going to keep on worshiping God coming to the house of God. I'm going to to keep on believing. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You're walking out your faith on lap number five. You're walking out your faith on lap number six. Don't give in because you haven't seen the results yet. Don't quit coming to the house of God because you hadn't seen the results yet. Don't, 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 don't stop believing for the miracle that God has ordained for your life because you hadn't seen it come to fruition yet. I've got a God who's mighty. I've got a God who's able. I've got a God who's great. And, and devil, there's going to be times I'm going to look you in the face and say, just because he hadn't yet don't mean he's not going to. I still got faith. My, I might be hurting. I might be wondering what's going on. I might be hurting. You might be wondering what's going on. You may be wondering why no response from the heavens yet God seems to be silent. But I've made up in my mind if it's lap number six on the seventh day, if it's lap number seven on the seventh day, and my Lord looks over the balcony of heaven about to blow the doors up on this thing, I hope he looks down. Even if I'm hurting and got some questions, I'm going to get up from that hurt, and he's going to see me walking around that wall saying, eh, my God's about to show up. <laughs> my God's able. I, I still believe. I believe in his power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got a few more minutes of preaching, but somebody's walking out your faith. I just want you to lift your hands right now. Let's just take a 120-second break in the middle of this service. Just lift your hands right. Lord, I'm walking out my faith. I'm believing in the process. I'm believing in the process. I'm holding on to the promises of God. I'm holding on to my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just worship him a moment right in your pew. Let those holy tears flow. Let those words come from your heart right now. Hallelujah. 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 And Sister Murphy, on, on the seventh day, on the seventh time, and they completed that lap, they let out the shout. They let out the roar. And in that moment, in that particular story, God opened up the earth. The walls crumbled. Mighty victory came in that story. Verse 16 said, it came to pass at the seventh time. That means the seventh lap on the seventh day. Six laps on six days. 6.99 laps on the seventh day. Seeming like God wasn't hearing. Seeming like God wasn't responding. Seeming like the answer may not be coming. First Kings chapter 18 verse 1 through 2. We rejoin our text story. Elijah Ahab, the abundance of rain. There's been a famine. God has spoken it through the prophet and it come to pass. You see that? Verse 1 and 2. God speaks that rain's about to come back. This is kind of a big deal. Because Ahab's been trying to kill Elijah. Ahab and Jezebel have been trying to kill Elijah now for, what, about three years. So for the Lord to say, go show yourself, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal when those folks have been trying to kill you and the Lord now asking you to go have a meeting with them. But Elijah goes to show himself. There was a sore, everybody say sore famine. You'll work through the whole chapter. You get to the end of this chapter. God lets Elijah hear something in his spirit. And Elijah says to Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. There's no rain yet, folks. We're going to find out in this story. Can you stay with with me for about 10 more minutes? I didn't ask 
what time you normally get out. Sometimes I do that on purpose so then I don't know, then I'm not guilty. You can stay with us for a few more minutes. The Holy Ghost wants to do some beautiful things in this room. How many of you sense that? There's no rain yet. We're going to find out they can't even find a cloud in the sky. But in this verse, a man of God said there is a sound of abundance of rain. And I'm talking to some people today that's heard some things in the spirit. You just hadn't seen them all come to pass in the natural yet. I got to stay there for just a second. Am I the only one? That's heard some things in the spirit that was so real. I was ready to tell the king that's been trying to kill me. Amen. But then I don't see the, I don't see it yet. Talk to anybody that's heard from God. You know God's work. You know God's move. There is a sound of abundance of rain. So the Bible says Ahab went up to eat and drink. He's like, man, this guy's been right. This guy has been spot on for the last few years. If he said it, let's go have a banquet. On the, on the other hand, Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, cast himself down on the earth, put his face between his knees, said to his servant, go look towards the sea. Put verse 42 back on the screen for us, please. The Bible doesn't use the word prayer in this verse, but if there were ever a verse that shows a posture of desperate prayer, he cast himself down on the earth. He put his face between his knees. He's more limber man than I am, but I have the impression he leaned over. He's crying out. I heard it in the spirit. I know you're working, but I don't see a cloud yet. I heard rain. I prophesied rain, but I don't see anything yet he cast himself down put his face between his knees and he told his servant maybe he felt a little breath of the Holy Spirit and he said servant go check the Bible says the servant came back and said would somebody quote these next three words with me there is sorry I jumped forward a verse or two There is nothing. And the man of God said, go again. Guys, the Bible doesn't tell us how long it was in between these events. How long did that prophet cry out to God? How long? What, what, what emotions did he go through? What, what spiritual posture did he remain in? You see, I, I'm not one who believes we make miracles happen. That's God. But I do see from the word of God, God will allow us to align ourselves sometimes with his power and his presence. And in these times of prayer, I see a prophet calling on God. I see a prophet saying, God, I know I heard your voice. God, I know your promises when I hear them. God, I know your work is going to come to pass. God, I'm believing on you. God, I know there's been a purpose to these last few years of famine. God, I heard the rain. I believe in you. You're my God. Go look again. Third time, fourth time, fifth time. 
I'm preaching to somebody today. You said, Brother Albright, and I'm on my sixth time. Brother Albright, and I'm on my fifth time. Brother Albright, and I'm being faithful to the house of God. I'm being faithful to the promises of God. I'm being faithful to the work of the Holy Ghost in my life. I, I'm just not seeing all the results just yet. I'm not, not feeling what I need to feel. I'm not seeing the response. Uh, Brother, Brother Albright, and I'm on, I'm on lap number five. Brother Albright, and I'm on prayer meeting number six. But on that seventh time, he said, go and look again. And the Bible says that that servant come back and said, there's a cloud as a, as a man's hand. And Elijah, <laughs> he, he said, we better get to moving quick. It's about to be one of those South Louisiana rainstorms. It's about to be wild around this place. We better get to moving right now because God is moving. God is working. Verse 45, in the meanwhile, heaven was black with clouds and the wind and there was a great, somebody say a great rain. Hallelujah. 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 I'm closing. Luke chapter 18. Parable of the unjust judge. Jesus spake a parable unto them that men ought always to pray. Now, folks, there's a lot of parables in the Bible. But this is one of the only ones I found that before Jesus tells the parable, the writer gives the it, it, here it is this is this is what this parable's about you don't have to go pray for revelation it gives it to you you don't have to go seek god for a week it gives it to us i'm about to tell you a story because men ought always to pray and not to faint tells me you know what the temptation's going to be quit you know what the temptation's going to be? Give up. You know what the temptation's going to be to ministry to ministry to saints, young adults, elders. You know what the temptation's going to be in God processes? Faint. Jesus said, "I'm going to tell you a little story so that you can understand you always pray and not faint." I got just a couple more minutes, but I keep feeling a tug from the Holy Ghost, so we're going to stop one more time. Would you bow your head, if it's appropriate, take the hand of your neighbor and just pray for a moment. God, you're wanting to do some things in the next, next few minutes of this wonderful church service. And I felt to say it earlier, and I'll say it again. There is no difference what God's going to do between the back row and the front. Somebody on the back row is going to get just as powerful of an anointing and a blessing as somebody all the way up in the very front of the church. Age demographic's not going to stop what Jesus wants to do. It may be a young adult, young person, or it could be any points in between. If it's appropriate, would you take that hand you're holding, just lift it to the heaven and say, God, we just dedicate. We wanted to slow down and dedicate these next five, ten minutes to you. There's some people holding on to some belief, promises. Marching around some walls, walking around, your, you're marching out your faith. It's strong in the house. It's strong in the house. It's strong in the house. This is tender ground, Jesus. This is holy ground, Jesus. We're just letting the Holy Ghost work in the soil of our souls for a few moments. This atmosphere before we even move further. Thank you, dear Jesus. Just letting the Holy Ghost prepare the soil here for a moment or two. He's about to do some great things. Men ought always pray and not to faint. Stay in this attitude with me for just a moment. The lady goes to this judge and he won't give her a meeting, but he finally says, because she just keeps coming. 
I'm going to schedule an appointment with her. Can I tell somebody, nothing about that judge compares to our God. Our God is the most gracious, merciful, loving God you can ever imagine. But he used that story to say, if a lady just wouldn't quit coming. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Uh, you wake up in the morning, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. And the Lord, the Bible says in the end of that parable, will God find faith in the earth? And I believe he is simply looking for somebody that's on the seventh lap of the seventh day saying, I, I still believe you're going to take care of it. You're going to do it. You're going to do everything. That's the significance of the seventh step, of the seventh time, of the seventh dip in the river is I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on trusting. I may be here 10 times. I may be here 20 times. I may be here 30 times. I don't know if the significance is in the number, but I believe it's in the fact that people keep coming back to God, believing that he's able. If God has wired it into the DNA of the formula, there's going to be sometimes we come and we come and we come. Will he find faith in the earth when he walks these aisles? Will he find a precious lady? I said, Brother Albright, this is my. I can't tell you the significance. I'm not a numerologist. I can't tell you, well, you pay your tithe seven times and this going to happen. You come to church seven weeks. I, 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 I'm not really much worried about the number as I am the spirit. But why did God build it into the form? So we'll say, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be believing. And tomorrow I'm going to be here and I'm going to be believing. And I'm going to be trusting and I'm going to be calling on your name. I'm going to be believing that you have all power. Would you stand with me one more time, Brother Jason? Thank you for following the Holy Ghost. Keep praying there. Take that hand you were holding. Lift it up to the heavens. Just lift it up in faith right now. There's a lot of faith in this room. There's a lot of, a lot of faith in this room right now. Let's let the Holy Ghost move for a moment right there in your pew, right there in your section. Let the Holy Ghost move right there in your section. Let the Holy Ghost move right where you're at. Keep believing, bud. Keep believing, man. You keep believing. You take that wife's hand, you hold it to the heavens. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep trusting. Hey, man, you take that family member's hand. I don't feel to call us to the front just yet. There's oil flowing through the pews. There's oil flowing through the sanctuary. We may come to the front in a moment. Hey, Amen. But you take that hand or you stand beside that loved one beside you. You stand beside a friend and you lift it to the heavens. There's oil flowing in the pews right now. There's oil of the Holy Ghost flowing in the house of God right now. There's just as much anointing on the back row, just as much anointing throughout the sections of this church. In the name of Jesus, reach up your faith right where you're at. Reach up your faith right where you're at. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 
Amen. Folks, there's oil flowing throughout this entire congregation. I don't want you to stop. I just want to give instruction for just a moment. We, we may come up to the front in just a moment, but there's so much oil flowing through this house from the front to the back. I want you to take a moment. If you feel to turn to someone beside you, in front of you, or behind you, if you're a guest or a friend, amen, we'll, we'll pray for you. If you would like, we would love to. But turn to someone near you, behind you, in front of you. If God puts somebody on your heart like happened with Brother Cooper, then please step. Find someone to step to. Find someone to step across to. I release the ministry in this church to just flow free right now. We may come to the front in a moment, but right now there's anointing oil. There is virtue being released from God's throne. There is healing oil. There is strength from God. Holy Ghost can fall in the house right now. Spirit from God can fall in the house right now. Ministry from heaven can fall in the house right now. Just turn. Let Jesus use you. There's faith in this house. God's building somebody's faith. God's encouraging somebody's faith. All across this house. Keep trusting God. Let it be a God day. Let it be a God day. Let it be a God day. Let it be a God day in this house. Hallelujah. Let Jesus use you in this sanctuary, folks. Let Jesus use you in this sanctuary. Holy tears fall. Ikanda shoto koraba shanda kataya shatahaya. Ishanda koraba shatahaya. Don't be in a hurry. Please don't be in a hurry. 